1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Basket of Phelps 92.3, the fan. We start off this hour by going to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Outline. We bring, we, he's been on enough time. He's super friend of the show. He's jump status. He went from friend of the show wow. to super friend of the show. He's Chad Brown, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Pro Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023 nominee. Also uh, part of the Colorado Buffalo's first and only NCAA championship team. And he has just rocked it in the media world after spending time at News 9 in Denver, which I think is the one South Park makes fun of all the time. Let's find out for sure. Hi, Chad. How are you? I'm fantastic, fellas.
3: How you guys doing? I'm uh, good. Chad. Is
2: that right? Is South Park is News 9 in, in Denver, the one they kind of mimic when they do that, news that hits? That is the one. Yeah. Yes,
3: that is, That's the uh, you know the, the curse of popularity. Nothing uh, wrong I mean, with that. Get, get fun made of you, yes. Nothing
2: wrong with that. That means you have made it. That's all that matters. All right, Chad, let's start with the uh, Super Bowl. Your thoughts on the game and, and what we witnessed in this Kansas City dynasty.
3: Uh, well, I think just that, this Kansas City dynasty. You know, I was... A part of the the Patriots organization when they were uh, just uh, after their first run of Super Bowls, um, and the amount of confidence that you have when a team has those kind of uh, wins on their record, when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, like I had, now that you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, when you got a coach like Bill Belichick, they got a coach like Andy Reid, the amount of confidence that you know was, is within that organization is tremendous. And if you think about this season for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a very uneven season. Even from the opening game of, of the NFL season, that Thursday night loss to the Detroit Lions, uh, this was a bit of an up-and-down year. I, we kept saying it was a down year for the Chiefs. Yet still, when it came down to crunch time, they had enough dominance between Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo in that defense, they were able to walk away with another Lombardi trophy. It's a, an incredible testament to the just-keep-plugging-away kind of attitude. Um, Even for that wide receiver room, which cost the Chiefs a couple of games during the regular season, that room kept improving. And then, you know, who makes the catch to win the Super Bowl in overtime? A guy who wasn't even on their roster to begin the year, who was with the New York Jets, who came in and just found the way to keep working and keep working and keep working, makes one of the biggest plays and one of the biggest moments, and one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great things to say about this Kansas City Chiefs team. But when I walk away from this one, it's their ability not to do it from a dominant fashion where all the games are at home, but to have an up and down year, to take their show on the road during the playoffs, yet and still still be victorious in the end, still be that one team that's that's smiling and having a victory parade.
4: Chad, I, I... Love sports. We all love sports. One of the things we all love about it is that people talk about it, debate it, and you know have different opinions on things. But I heard so many people around the Super Bowl, even in the telecast, say Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback ever. And I thought, man, that's really taking a leap. And I think he's terrific and, and can become maybe the greatest quarterback ever if you want to try to quantify such things. But I think that's early. Do you think he has – do you think he's – clearly on the path. Is it early? Is he there? Where, where do you think he
3: is? Oh, no doubt. He is on the the path, uh, three Bowls in in five years. That's, that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, but obviously Tom's got seven. Um, so if we're going to talk about the greatest of all time, well then that's the standard there. So does he have to get seven to be the greatest of all time? I I suppose we can, you know, that's what these shows are for. That's what we're here to debate about. Um, But I think three doesn't get it. If he were to not win another Super Bowl from here on out, then I don't think he's, you know, legitimately a part of that conversation. Second greatest of all time, perhaps, um, but the greatest, no. Uh, I've I played with that guy. <laughs> I've got that guy's number in my cell phone. That's Tom Brady. Um, oh, so that's, that's, that's
4: big, Chad. That was impressive. I like that.
3: <laughs> so Tom Brady, uh, I'm sorry. So Patrick Mahomes still has a ways to go. Certainly on the right path. Certainly on the right path. Certainly an incredible start to his career. Um, The fact that Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are going to run it back, uh, I think they recognize that this Super Bowl window with Patrick Mahomes is still open. And they've got a great GM there in Kansas City. So I expect them to retool that wide receiver room a bit, uh, try to address some of the holes uh, around the team. And for them to be able to win games without scoring 35 points, but to lean on their defense, it also speaks to a bit of humbleness uh, if you're going to be discussed as the greatest of all time but part of the reason why you were successful this year is because of your great defense um, I think that also speaks to you your, it doesn't have to be about me as long as we find ways to win football games
4: Chad why is it that we look at quarterbacks and look at titles as one of the major major measuring tools for how great they are and we don't really look at other positions that way and, and is it fair to a guy like Dan Marino who I think was a great quarterback, but who's making a lot of money by saying I didn't win. <laughs> Good for him. He's getting a lot of commercials for that. But it, it, is it fair for those guys who might not have won titles, who might not have been on the right teams, and why is it the quarterback is the position we look at and talk titles rather than, you know, hey, I, I don't know how many Super Bowls Randy Moss won or how many Super Bowls Larry Fitzgerald. You know, I mean, that's that doesn't come into play with other positions. <laughs>
3: Well, I think to a certain extent it does come into play for Hall of Fame and, and things like that, where um, when you are the centerpiece of an organization. Um, although they certainly had quarterbacks in Baltimore when Ray Lewis was there, the centerpiece was was Ray Lewis, and he gets credit for those Super Bowl wins that they had. You know, the the will to drag his teammates to, to greatness, kind of thing. Um, I, I think the Quarterback type of that is because there's three incredibly important pieces to a football organization, the owner, the head coach, and the quarterback. And if you have those pieces in place, as we have seen around the league, then instantly you are a deep playoff team and possibly a Super Bowl winner. So if you are a truly great quarterback, and I know there's going going to be the Dan Marinos and the Jim Kellys in the world, uh, heck, even my former teammate Warren Moon, who are truly great quarterbacks, but circumstantially couldn't get the right fit, uh, couldn't line up with the right coach to take their prowess to, the, to the, the top of the game. I do think that it's a fair way to look at the quarterback position um, because ultimately those guys, they touch the ball on every single play. The quarterback is the guy who speaks to the team the most. Has, has the, is the player most likely to set the organizational culture the organizational accountability, the organizational trends. Again, going back to my time in New England, if Tom Brady is not Tom Brady and does not allow Bill Belichick to yell at him, as Bill Belichick would do, then the Patriot way doesn't actually happen. It takes a player of Tom's caliber and of Tom's experience and Tom's greatness to humble himself to the team to get all the other 53 guys to do the exact same thing. Um, so because of the oversized influence the quarterback has upon winning and losing football games, setting the the organizational trends within the organization, then they, in my mind, rightly uh, get uh, credited for Super Bowl wins, and it's a bit of a discredit when they don't win Super Bowls, and that quarterback is there.
2: Hmm. Um, I want to ask you about Steve Wilkes getting fired yesterday in San Francisco. Were you surprised by that? You know, he spent a year here in Cleveland, so, but he ended up not – Staying in Cleveland because we had a coaching change, which was a big shocker in Cleveland that that actually happened. But um, I, I was I was a little surprised that he got fired yesterday. And it, in some ways, I think it comes off as Kyle Shanahan looking for someone to blame a Super Bowl loss on. What do you think?
3: I, I I can't help but think that that same thing. You know, you you held one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the most clutch performers of all time, to twenty five points uh, in, in four quarters in the overtime period. It's an, it's an amazing uh, thing to be able to pull that off. Um, and so often in the NFL, more games are lost than are won. But the Niners didn't lose that game. The, the Chiefs won that game. Um, so I think Tim for the Cap deserves to go to the Chiefs. Uh, but it does come across as Kyle Shanahan trying to find someone to blame. Hey, man, you were the one who made this analytics-based decision to keep the ball first in overtime. I think everybody would say you go second so you can know what exactly you need to do. If they don't score, then all you need is a field goal. If they do score a touchdown, then maybe you need to go for two. That's going to inform you about the risk needed to go out there and try to win the game on on your opening drive, the second drive of overtime. So um, I didn't like the decision by Kyle Shanahan with the overtime decision, and I think this move, to your point, feels a bit like trying to find someone to blame what an odd run for for steve wilks one one year one and done coach in arizona um becomes an interim coach in carolina does a really good job out there gets fired with a coaching change he talked about there in cleveland coaches a year at the university of missouri and now he's with the 49ers gets them to the super bowl and gets fired after one season I, i gotta imagine it's a it's some dark times in the Wilkes household. Like what else am I supposed to do here in order to be a part long-term of any organization?
4: Steve, it's funny because I, I looked at the same thing yesterday or excuse me, chat about Steve Wilkes. And I thought he's had six stops in seven years, including a year off and he's a good defensive coach. And it was at 16 stops Chad, in his 29 years. That's that's it. That's no life, man. I, I've I've always thought that these poor coaches just get a raw deal time and time again because oftentimes they get fired for things that they don't really have any control over.
3: Uh, it's it's got to be discouraging for folks, former players, other folks who were interested in, in, in becoming uh, a coach, because so often you are going to get fired for something that is completely out of your control. Uh, Again, I'm not sure what else Steve Wilkes could have done. And Kyle Shanahan talked about the the, the fit wasn't right. And we're not behind the scenes. And I've done my coaching internships in the NFL. And it was clear that some of the guys weren't a fit for the head coach or for the organization. And they may have been talented and skilled coaches, but certain personality types, uh, how they processed work, how they dealt with players, how they dealt with other staff, It became pretty clear in the course of a a training camp internship, and I even did an internship in San Francisco with Kyle. I did six weeks of the off-season program. Um, And certain guys just aren't going to fit. So maybe it was just as simple as that. Um, But from the outside looking in, it doesn't look good on Kyle Shanahan. And to your point, who would really want that life where you've done an incredible job, but because the defensive coordinator gets fired, well, I'm just the linebacker coach. Well, now I'm fired. And because the head coach was indecisive and when he fired that guy, well then now we're into mid to late February and there's no jobs open. So suddenly I got to go coach at North Dakota state for a year just to keep some income coming in and then hope for an NFL opportunity after that. It's, it's a difficult life. I've got more than a few friends who are in the coaching realm and the uncertainty of it, drives them crazy and the, uh, the the clear knowing that you are going to be fired every coach gets fired but the unknown of when it's going to be and how it's going to be just makes life uh uncertain and in, in always for them their spouses and their kids yeah
4: while well, continually moving their families all around the country that's awful chad you've you've been witnessing something that i think is a comparison to what we have here in cleveland Deshaun Watson clearly has to step up and play because the Browns made a huge investment in him as the Broncos did in Russell Wilson. How did, if if you could take what happened in Denver with Russell Wilson, who's still there, I don't know if he'll be there at the beginning of the season and give advice to the Browns based on what you've seen with, with Russ, what would that be?
3: Oh, wow. Uh, this is a difficult one because uh, most of the mistakes have already been made. So <laughs> mm. you, you, you give out that kind of contract and its ability for that contract to hamstring you if you need to make any kind of move. Uh, the Broncos have the terrible choice of either taking all $85 million of Russell Wilson's dead cap, dead cap hit this year, which will be an NFL record, the largest dead cap hit ever, or spreading that over two years. Which, either one of those individual years, would be the biggest dead cat hit ever in NFL history. So, that's how difficult it is to, for a team to overcome one of these kind of contracts. And the contract for Deshaun Watson, uh, I think, would present an even larger cat hit for the Browns. So, whatever you're going to do, Deshaun Watson's got to be a, a, a part of it. So, the difficulty for the Broncos was that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton weren't on the same page stylistically. Sean Payton. Wants to stack up plays. He wants to call plays in a in a in an order where he gets a chance to set up the defense. Yes, this play in the first quarter may only go for five yards. And then I'm going to call a similar play again in the second quarter that goes for seven yards. Well, the home run play comes in the third or fourth quarter. When I call that play again, but it's not the exact same play. It's not an out route by receiver. Now it's an out and up. But for Russell Wilson, who tends to escape the pocket who tends to move around the pocket, he couldn't run those plays the way that Sean Payton wanted those plays run. Therefore, Sean Payton's Payton's setup ability was gone. And he was robbing Sean Payton of one of his greatest skill sets to set up the defense. So it was clear that that was not going to work long term because you're taking away Sean Payton's greatest skill set. So whoever the Browns have as play caller for Deshaun Watson, he needs to be on the exact page with them. So ownership needs to understand what are Deshaun Watson's absolute best attributes? How does he process? How does he play this game? Then whoever is a play caller has to be hired to do that. You can't try to force Deshaun Watson to be in the mold of a play caller because now you're choosing that $1 or $2 million salary for the play caller over the quarter billion dollar salary that you're giving Deshaun Watson. So that's, that's, that's not the way you want to handle that kind of investment. So I suppose that would be the lessons learned from this whole Russell Wilson thing is the contract itself is not awful if you make a concerted effort to give that guy every single chance for success. And upon first reflection, bringing in Sean Payton to become the head coach of Denver Broncos seemed like it was going to be great for Russell Wilson. But once you understand their styles of play and their styles of coaching, then it's a terrible fit. And now you just wasted a year of that, and now you've got this potential massive dead hit because it's not going to work out. The Broncos, given Russell Wilson's contract, would have been better served by hiring a coach who could work with Russell Wilson as opposed to a coach who's going to be my way or the highway and demand Russell Wilson find ways to work with him.
2: Chad, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, and now that you're a super friend of the show, next time you come on, I want to talk to you about reptiles and snakes. We'll do that next time, though. <laughs> okay, Chad? Sounds
3: great. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, thank guys. you. I appreciate I you. my new title. Have a good one. All right.
2: Yeah. Thanks, man. Chad uh, Brown, uh, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time all proler, and was a nominee for the 2023 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about what he had said. Of course, he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Back after this.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend
4: today.
2: Hmm. Chad Brown just joined us, longtime NFL uh football player, also uh pretty good outstanding broadcasting career. Uh after since uh, retiring it's spent time with Pac-12 Network, ESPN, Westwood One, MSR, uh, NBCSN, um, and then also a, a sports talk radio host in Denver on the fan out there. Um, Jeff, as we talk to Chad, just uh, your you know your takeaways from that, and I kind of want to talk about quarterbacks here for a little bit based on on what he had to say.
4: I think it's really interesting because he's been front and center in watching what's happened in Denver. And though the Browns, you know, made the big trade, you know, Seattle and Denver, you know, Wilson getting acquired, everything that went into that, and that hasn't worked. And you can't say that the Deshaun Watson thing has worked here yet. I mean, if if you want to say that it's already worked here, well, then you're just saying it because you're a, a big Browns fan. It hasn't worked yet. Can it work? Sure. If he stays healthy, maybe it, maybe it could work beautifully. And I, I hope it can. But I I do think, Andy, at some point the Browns are looking at this. We'll have to. And if it doesn't click with Deshaun this year, they're going to be in a situation similar to what I think Russell Wilson and the Broncos are in together. Like, okay, we got two more years of a huge contract here. What do we do? Hopefully we don't have to worry about that. And he stays healthy and plays as he did at certain times this last year. But it's a big deal. And – it's real clear where this is going. You know, it's either going to go really well or it's going to go really bad. And so far, it's gone really incomplete.
2: I also, you know, coming off the Super Bowl and looking at Brock Purdy and thinking about what could have been with Trey Lance in San Francisco. As I was going into the Super Bowl, I kept thinking, man, San Francisco really, like, stuck to their guns by going with the player they thought was the better quarterback with Brock Purdy. I mean, they could have uh, uh, easy to just go back to Trey Lance or try to figure out a way to make the Lance situation work. Right. I, I just, I, well, I look they at that and they I didn't
4: stick with him and they didn't, they didn't stick with Jimmy G either.
2: Yeah. I, I just, but I look at that and I wonder how hard is that for an organization to do that?
4: I think it's, it's huge. You know, and I've seen, but it st- got him
2: to the Super Bowl. So well, does that become an NFL
4: norm? I don't know that because, as Chad laid out with the financial consequences for Denver, Andy, you start giving these guys these huge contracts, man, you're in trouble if it doesn't work. I, and it, it's not about Deshaun Watson as a as a person or even as a player. When you hand out these contracts, and they're all over the NFL now. You know, Deshaun getting paid by the Browns has led to guys getting paid like crazy. Every quarterback who has one of those deals should send Deshaun Watson a thank you note.
2: Deshaun's what, the fifth highest paid quarterback now in the NFL? Yeah, but
4: most guaranteed dollars still, isn't it? I I don't know exactly where he is on on salary. But But at the time, it was like, it was
2: absolutely earth shattering.
4: Right, and most guaranteed dollars. And that's still the case. It it just it has to work, and I, I wonder how an organization – I don't just mean the Browns because it will happen with other quarterbacks. I mean, it just will. Where it might not be working, what do you do to get out of that? That is that is not easy, man.
2: No, especially if you're tied up by salary cap considerations. And even if you're restructuring, you're just kicking the can to having to, to make payments down the road. But still, I mean, restructuring gives you the opportunity to win, bring in players, and do what you need to do while that player is still here. And the way that
4: this has played out so far, Andy, folks outside of Berea. Yeah, I think the right. Browns organization is still very confident in Deshaun for whatever it's worth. Most analysts who talk about the NFL and write about the NFL think, well, that hasn't worked and probably won't. I, I'm I don't I'm not there. I, I think he has a chance to be really good here. But we have to see it. Pro football focus uh, has rankings out. The thirty third team has uh, all these guys have their rankings out. Right. A guy named Derek Claussen writes for the thirty third team, and that's Joe Banner's thing.
2: Mm-hmm. You
4: know and and Mike Martz works with them as well, and he has his quarterback rankings for twenty twenty four. Okay, you know those to me those things are fun to to read, and I, I read I read all of them that I come across, and I, I thought, all right, where where does he have our guy? And you look like. For instance, he has Matthew Stafford, fifth. Really? That's that's bolder than most people. So, you know, it's just one guy's opinion on this. But you keep scrolling down. You have C.J. Stroud, seventh. Trevor Lawrence, eighth. Most people don't think Lawrence is that high. He has Lawrence ahead of Joe Burrow. He's got Jordan Love at 10. Geno Smith's 12. Aaron Rodgers is 15. You notice who I haven't come across yet. He has Brock Purdy, Super Bowl guy. 18th, and he says this, Brock Purdy is fine. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not a crime to just be okay. We don't need to prop Purdy up as more than he is. That's, that's the most um, condemning comments I've heard about Brock Purdy. You know, and, and I think he's good. I don't think he's a phenomenal quarterback, but I think he's good. Is Baker Mayfield at 20th. It's fun to have Baker back doing his thing. Daniel Jones is twenty third. Russell Wilson's twenty-fourth. Bryce Young is twenty-fifth. Desmond Ritter is twenty-sixth. Wow. And oh. at twenty seventh, he has Deshaun Watson. He has Desmond Ritter ahead Desmond of Desmond Ritter ahead oh. of Deshaun Watson. Hmm. And he says this I'm over it with Deshaun Watson. Only players who, on this. Wait, well, again, who is this? Uh he works for for the thirty third team. Okay. I also Scroll back to the top and give his name again. In okay. Minute. He said the only players on this lower than Deshaun are either clear backups or young players with something more to prove. He said Watson hasn't been legitimately good since he was a Houston Texan and no reason to believe that will change. Huh. And then he went into some specific things. Accuracy, he said. Deteriorated decision-making, he calls it. He said Watson's not on the field. And there's the point, Andy, to me. Deshaun's played eleven games in three years, and the Browns are tied to him financially, just like the Broncos are tied to Russell Wilson, which is why I asked Chad Brown about that. I mean, that's that's a serious deal. Right right below Deshaun he has Will Levis of Tennessee, and one spot below that, Sam Howell of the Commanders. So he's not high on Deshaun Watson. You know how Deshaun changes all
2: that? Comes out, wins, and plays better than he has before. While being on the field. That being key word
4: was plays. Yeah. I honestly think Andy, if he plays 15 to 17 games, he's going to be just fine, and I think the Browns will be too. I think they'll be better off than they were with Flacco. If you want to know the truth, but Joe is phenomenal, and I think Deshaun can be really, really, really good in this offense as well. He goes back to what Sean, what, what Chad yeah. Brown said.
2: I, I just don't, I don't know what Flacco is going to be next year, and.
4: The age scares me, and even if you're going to bring him in. I don't Gray, know.
2: Age didn't seem to matter at the end of the season.
4: Well, it does to everybody at some point. The question is, when is that point? Well, do you want it to be seemed...
2: there to see when they drop off? Well, or it seemed
4: to matter the last four years to Joe.
2: Or maybe he wasn't in the right system, or maybe he didn't have the right players around him, but it sure seemed Very to work well. while he was here.
4: Very, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Huh? Interesting. All right, let's uh, carry on with this quarterback conversation. Jeff, talking about some of these numbers you're hearing from Pro Football uh, focus. 33rd I, team. 30, I'm sorry, 33rd team. You did talk about pro football focus, though, didn't you? I just you?
4: mentioned that yeah. all these guys have rankings.
2: Yeah. Everybody's doing that. Okay, 33rd team, uh, Joe Banner's deal. So we will talk more about that, and we'll take some phone calls because it seems like you want to hop in on this, too. 216-474-0092. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Basket and Phelps, 92-3, the fan, 216-474-0092. That's the number to call. You can always hit us on social media: X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at CLE Talking Heads. All right, so we were talking about the pro football focus quarterback rankings: 33rd team. Uh, 33rd team. Sorry, I don't know. I keep wanting to say pro football. Yes, you certainly do. Well, I mean, you kind of alluded to it. So. Well, I um, mentioned
4: that everybody, you know, they all make right. rankings. Okay. So then let's I, just. I went to 33rd team in particular.
2: Jeff, can you refresh our memories on where the. Do I have to? Because yes. it was painful. No, it wasn't.
4: Garrett Claussen is the young man who wrote the story. Yes. He's a film analyst and a draft analyst. So it's just not some dweeb writing. He apparently has some background in that. And you ranked the quarterbacks for the 33rd team for the 2024 season. And I think they're interesting. And, again, I, I don't put credibility into any of these rankings, Andy, but I do find them all interesting because I like to gather thoughts from other people and see what they're thinking. And, you know, he has a bunch of guys that I don't think are as high as he has them ranked up there, and he has other guys ranked lower. But he actually has Deshaun Watson ranked 27th in the NFL for the 2024 season. And he said basically he's had enough. And ranked above, directly above him at 26 is Desmond Ritter. Is Bryce Young at 25, who had an an awful rookie season in Carolina. Is Russell Wilson at 24. Daniel Jones, who missed all last year at 23. Derek Carr at 22. Justin Fields at 21. Baker Mayfield at 20. So he's not high on Deshaun. (sighs)
2: When do you think the Browns will actually have to make a decision? After next year. Not So you can go one more season with hopes and aspirations. You, you know, <clears throat> that's one reason
4: why, Andy, I've – when we talked about our backup quarterbacks the other day.
2: Oh, and by the way, I have a point on your backup quarterbacks.
4: Okay. When, when we talked about the backup quarterbacks, and I said there were several other guys I'd rather have than Joe Flacco. Right. And, and I'd, be, I'd be more than happy if Flacco were back. I mean, think it'd be great. But uh, the couple of guys that I mentioned that I'd I'd rather have Jameis Winston was in that group, Sam Darnold was in that group, and and the reason why was just in case something happens with Deshaun, either injury wise or that maybe you want to move on, Andy. You might want to have a guy here who you think could have an outside chance, and I'm not. I'm, trust me, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be great quarterbacks ever again, even if they ever were in the NFL. But I wouldn't mind having a guy on the team who I think could step in and be my starting quarterback for a year or three. I, I really wouldn't because we all see what happens when you don't have that.
2: I'll take the or three, Can you ask me. But.
4: Sure. You know, uh, just let me just throw this one out. Sure. Sam Darnold. I know Menigan makes fun of me. Sam was the third overall pick in the draft. He won some games, you know, when he was in New York. He was okay at best in Carolina. He and Baker both got flushed out of there. And he was with the 49ers this year. Well, he's still a pretty young guy. What if somebody can do to him, you know, like, like Baker had a much better year in Tampa. What, what if Sam Darnold could become what Rich Gannon became when he went to Oakland years ago and won the MVP after not being very good? You know, and, and I don't, I just use him as, as an example. That's why I wouldn't mind going for a younger guy who's had some experience in the league and might be able to win you some games. And maybe, if everything goes south, maybe
2: is a guy who could step in and actually be your starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Jeff went big time yesterday, I'll tell you in a second. Jason in Avon. Hi, Jason.
6: I appreciate you guys. Thank uh, you. Two, two quick things. Um if you feel it's worthwhile, what's the uh, defense look like next year? Like, who's coming back and the contract wise? Are we going to have uh, Zadarius and Okoronko? So, I th-
2: yeah, so uh, Obo or Obo is double O, is the way I like to say it. Ovo. He's back next year under contract. Zadarius Smith is not. Shelby Harris is a free agent. Anthony Walker's a free agent. Sioni Takitaki. Mohurst. Those guys are starting free agents. And then Mohurst, Jordan Mo Elliott. Elliott. Jacob Phillips, Matthew Adams, Mike Ford, uh, Jordan Kunasic, Rodney McLeod. You know, basically, that, those are your free agents.
6: So, in your opinion, it's going to look a lot different next year? Or?
2: It could. It really could look a lot different. I, I got to believe that Taki Taki's coming back, Jeff, don't you? Especially with the way that things play. I don't know. The, the way he played under Jim Schwartz. I think he'll have an opportunity if they want to. I, I, to I, I me, Zedarius the, Smith.
4: The middle of the defensive line to me, Andy, is even more important than Zedarius. And I think Zedarius is important. You better better shore up the middle of that def- defensive line because we saw what it did for the team this
2: year. When well, um, we saw what it looked like two years Elliot, ago. Elliot
4: Hurst, and Harris were very good. And I would hope that at least two of those three guys are back.
2: But To me, Z'Darrius Smith, I think, is the most – I mean, Jeff can talk about the interior. I'll go to the exterior, especially when you've got a guy like Double O. I'd like to see them bring Z'Darrius Smith back, but, you know, sometimes they end up – when you think it's a must-have guy, sometimes they end up upgrading and falling forward and bring somebody else in. I I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I would love to see Zadarius back on the team again next year. What do you think?
6: Well, I was wondering about uh, the free agent from Philly um, – not red? Is it not Reddick? Is it Hassan Reddick? Yeah. Yeah. There, so there are some
4: uh, more highly ranked defensive linemen out there who were not the Browns' free agents, Jason. So I'm not locked into any of the Browns' free agents on the D-line individually. I am locked into you. Better make sure you replace those guys. And if you replace them with themselves, that's okay too.
6: And then uh, real quick, the Chad Brown, that was a a good interview. Good stuff there. I wondered if I I missed it, if he covered why uh, they decided to part ways or I I know it hasn't happened yet, but it looked like Denver really started to get steam and they were rolling. They made the Browns look silly and uh, just wondering if he addressed like why that all fell out because they were just starting to get going.
4: It was money with Russell Wilson and right. if if he got injured they all of his contract was guaranteed i think is what it was there was a huge payout there jason so that that's what that was that's why russell didn't play the last couple of games plus
2: wasn't working there for them uh yeah, i don't we'll have, see if he's back though and, and just backtrack I, I, cuz when he brought it up i was like really i, I don't know that Hassan reddick is a free agent going in next year um and just looking at it i don't he, I, I don't think he is so okay yeah, I think he's under contract I don't know year. if he is or not. Now, Fletcher Cox is, but, I mean, we're talking about interior defensive lineman there. So, just looking at Philly. Uh, Jeff going big time yesterday. Much more than me, I got to tell you that. Because, you know, you start reading things, and I got to be honest with you, I never in my life would I think I'd be reading SteelerNation.com other than the fact that it was brought to my attention. Uh, Jeff, do you want to uh, take a victory lap, or do you want me to explain what's going on here? There's no victory. Oh, it's a complete victory lap. Not in the least. So we had this conversation about Browns backup quarterbacks, and it was simply a conversation on the heels of uh, Mitchell Trubisky being released by the Steelers, what, two days ago. Um, And then this turned into a story on Steeler Nation. In fact, uh, in big quotes from this show, from Jeff Phelps, so I'll put the words right in his mouth because he loves when this happens. Sure do. I know Mitch – in parentheses, Trubisky, because he didn't say it. I know Mitch has had a rough go of it, but he was an above five hundred as the starting quarterback in Chicago. Phelps mentioned, you could do a lot worse than Trubisky as your backup quarterback. I didn't, or I know it didn't work in Pittsburgh, what did offensively. Wow. Jeff Phelps what, what's some, making
4: the rounds. What's some dude from Steeler Nation doing listening to us?
2: I don't know. He still thinks you work at Fox Sports Ohio. But um, I don't know. How many years has it been since that network? Eight years since it was called that. Yeah. Whatever. It's all good.
4: I think I was still That tells you all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against the the guy who wrote it, but it was. Yeah. Thank you for writing it. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Put us out there. We appreciate that. Uh, He clearly. Heard the Trubisky aspect of that thought former Steeler quarterback. There's something I can write. So that's what he did. I'll be interested. I would be interested
2: too. If I was sitting in Pittsburgh and we were talking about a former quarterback from there, I think that's if you're a Steeler fan, I think that's interesting. So,
4: yeah. And and here's the thing about Mitch Trubisky. And and we talked about it before, Andy, he he won games in Chicago and they were 11 and three one year with Mitch's starting quarterback in the games that he started. And I, if, Somebody will have Mitch or give him a shot to be their backup quarterback. And he wouldn't be my top choice here in Cleveland, but he wouldn't be on the bottom of the list of the guys we went over either.
2: I, but could you see them bringing him in like as a competition for Dorian Thompson-Robinson? Yes. Okay. So those would be the three quarterbacks you'd want to go into camp with.
4: No. That's, I, you, just, you just said that I would want to go to camp with. I, I, what I think ideal. See, you, you love to say, take something I said. Oh, go, oh here we go. So Phelps means this. It's
2: no, irritated, not, Jeff Phelps. No, Keep going. Yes, it's not irritated. It's this just is. like Andy.
4: Take the take the potatoes out of your ears. And oh, let's
2: okay. It's it's this. The King of Fritos speaks. What yes. would
4: I? What would I love to see for the Browns?
2: What would you love to see for the Browns? These are Jeff Phelps' words. Please put your red pens away. Jeff Phelps says. This, go.
4: I would love to see the Browns bring Deshaun Watson, healthy, to camp. Okay. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, healthy, to camp.
2: It's all about health.
4: A veteran free agent. And we we went over That's where
2: Trubisky falls into.
4: We went over eight or nine guys who could fall into that, and some, I think, more highly of than others. And either an undrafted guy or a guy that you draft in the sixth or seventh round some late edition. You can't do. You can't hurt yourself by bringing in a young quarterback every year, and then you'll have four quarterbacks in camp, and you let the second and third guys fight it out to see who your backup quarterback is. And if Dorian Thompson Robinson can't beat out fill in the blank free agent who you brought in, then if you lose him, you lose him. In other words, if you cut him and you don't get him on the practice squad, that's the way that goes.
5: Hmm. Because, because you
4: will, you would have already taken care of the backup quarterback spot by a veteran free
2: agent who you brought in. I still have this wish for Flacco to be one of those names. But hey, he
4: w- he was on the list of, that I, I threw out, and he was one of the higher guys on my list.
2: Yeah, I'm saying and I just don't know. If I'm Joe, I don't know that that's what I want to do. I, 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 I believe he created his own niche market for next year where he can sit on the couch and wait for a team to call him. He doesn't have to be a backup somewhere where some team might be desperate, like the Browns were this year, to bring in a guy that could throw the ball downfield and say, okay, let's give it a shot. Flacco showed that he didn't need to go to camp to come it. Now, you know, uh, Father Time, is it Mother Time, Father Time, whatever, is still clicking away. Mother,
4: mother Time.
2: Mother Time. Oh my God, I love that. Father Wait, is, Na- is, I love Father Nature. Yeah, is Father Time He's really related good. to, are they, is he married to Mother Nature? I don't know.
4: I thought it was father nature and mother time.
2: I don't know. I haven't seen mother nature since she did those margarine <laughs> commercials in the 80s, so I don't know even know where she is right now. I do know she's making it windy in downtown Cleveland right now. Anyway, I would like to see Flacco on that list, but if I'm Joe Flacco, I don't need to be that guy right now. I don't. Hang tight. Wait for someone to call you up and say, Joe, we need a starter. And Joe will be like, okay, I did it in Cleveland. Let's see what I can do again for somebody else. That's just my opinion on that. You know what? Daryl Ryder's probably got an opinion on it, too. We'll talk to him next, Baskin and Phelps.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?